Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me again this week for the Families Fly Free podcast. I'm Lynn Mettler. I am just back from a super quick um, three-night trip to Miami where I met up with uh, my business coach, Dave Moreno. And if you are an entrepreneur and you're looking to grow your business, I definitely recommend checking him out. You can listen to his um, Next Level Business podcast. And so I was meeting up with him and um, multiple other entrepreneurs as well um, for a quick a couple of day meeting, inspiration, sharing ideas and tips, et cetera. So it was wonderful to be in Miami and to see some palm trees and take a walk on the beach. Um, and um, now I'm back to Indiana where it is warmer. Thank goodness. It looks like spring is trying to make its way here, but a stormy, rainy day here today. But I wanted to talk today about our recent trip to Turks and Caicos. So we spent a week in February um, in the Turks and Caicos Islands. We went to Providencialis, that island of that group of islands. It is, of course, in the Caribbean um, and pretty easy to get to from the U.S. And so I wanted to share with you my experience, both the good and the bad, if Turks and Caicos has been on your radar, like it was on my radar for about as long as I can remember. I remember talking with someone who I think went there on their honeymoon um, many, many moons ago, and they just raved you know, about how stunningly beautiful it was. So it's always been on our bucket list um, to get there. <clears throat> And we actually have tried uh, many different times and never could quite get it to work. We couldn't find a reasonable accommodation cost or we couldn't get the flights to work. And so this year we had a week off of school in February, um, which is is unusual. It was um, the week of President's Day. So they just kind of tacked on some additional days off there for our kids and so we thought, well, this would be a good time to um, try to go down to Turks and Caicos when it's not spring break and maybe prices aren't quite as high when they're competing with, you know, every other school in the country trying to get there. So, um, so again, we spent a week, well, it was about four nights in February. Um, and I'm going to start by telling you how we um, flew free there. And I'll go through um, the positives, the things I liked about Turks and Caicos. And then we're going to get into the things that I didn't like about Turks and Caicos. And I hope all of this helps you to make your own decision about going there, if it's a fit for you or not a fit for you. And I also, um, the next week um, after this episode comes out, so that'll be the first week of April, um, I'm going to be doing a in-detail um, webinar for Families Fly Free members all about Turks and Caicos, where I'm going to show uh, photos and I'm going to go into 
um, greater detail because we have a full hour that we can spend inside of um, the membership about these things. And these are something we do regularly inside of Families Fly Free is we have webinars and videos about destinations from my team and from members who want to share their experience. Sometimes members lead the webinars. Sometimes I lead the webinars, sometimes my team leads the webinars, but we have um, quite a lot of videos now inside the membership about all kinds of different destinations. And it's really great to hear from someone who was just there or who goes a lot because they can share with you all of the inside tips about transportation and the best places to stay and the best restaurants to eat and and then answer any questions that you have. So, um, so I'm going to give you a brief overview on the podcast. And then um, if you're a Families Fly Free member, check out the um, full version with photos and maps and all of that uh, coming next week. So we flew there for free on, you guessed it, Southwest Airlines. Um, and that was a, that was a big reason for me. I always um, look to see, you know, of the places Southwest flies, um, where do I want to go? And I knew that I have wanted to get back to the Caribbean um, once the restrictions eased as we're on the other side of, of the COVID pandemic because um, we couldn't go there for a while. And Turks and Caicos, when we went, they did still require that you um, had been vaccinated at least the first round and that you could prove that. They have since removed that restriction, so they are now um, totally open, so you don't have to, to worry about that or um, trying to find your, if you are vaccinated, your vaccination certificate, trying to drum that up and have that ready to go. Um, so no issues with getting into the islands currently, and so Southwest does fly there, and it is relatively cheap to get there, um, particularly if you fly out of Florida, and so I'm going to go into detail on um, exactly the points that I paid for each flight on the webinar. But um, one tip that I want to share with you today, and this is the kind of stuff that we share inside of Families Fly Free all the time, is I booked this trip into two separate flights. So um, in some cases, it's more expensive to fly from your home destination to your end destination um, versus particularly if there's going to be a connection in there. So for example, from Indianapolis to Turks and Caicos would have been more points than me breaking it up into two separate flights. And so what I did was I booked us from Indianapolis to Fort Lauderdale. Um, Fort Lauderdale for Southwest is where a, you fly out of for a lot of the Caribbean destinations. And so it tends to be a cheaper cost to get from Fort Lauderdale to many different Caribbean destinations. So, um, so I booked Indianapolis to Fort Lauderdale, and then I booked Fort Lauderdale to Turks and Caicos, which was really, really cheap in points. Um, and I did a similar strategy four or five years ago when we went to the Cayman Islands, um, and it worked just as well then. So we used our points to pay for our flights. My husband is my free companion, and so we paid no points for him. We paid the $5.60 per person per way flying out of the U.S., and then when you fly internationally, um, coming back into the country, you're going to pay whatever that country's fees are. So in the U.S., it's $5.60. Um, and I don't remember exactly what it was for Turks and Caicos, but somewhere on the order of $70, I think, per person. So it's going to be a lot more expensive. Again, that's not something you can take care of with points. 
Um, though sometimes you can charge it to a card that has a particular credit um, for you that will erase um, the, that charge, but you can't use points necessarily to, to book um, the taxes and fees. You do have to pay for those. So don't be surprised if you go to book a flight in points that's an international flight and you do have to pay as a higher fee coming back. Um, so we stayed for four nights, which I would say is plenty. Um, we did the same in Grand Cayman. We did the same in the Dominican Republic. And for us, if it's a beach destination um, with not a lot of other things to do, that tends to be plenty for us. We don't love to just sit on a beach for a week. Um, we like to sit on the beach, you know, for a day or two and, um, and then do some other things. And so usually four nights, five days is a good beach trip for us. So what I will say about Turks and Caicos is, is the beauty. Um, that is the big thing that it has going for. It's easy to get to. That's a big plus. Um, it was cheap to get to on Southwest. Um, it took um, not very many points compared to other places we could be going, like say Costa Rica right now um, is a lot more points. Um, and it's just is phenomenally beautiful. So this is a picture perfect beach. It's white sand, it's turquoise waters, and it really is stunning. So if you just want to see one of the, you know, most beautiful beaches in the world, you definitely will want to see the beaches in Turks and Caicos. Um, and everywhere you turn, you know, it's just another beautiful view. So, but I really think that um, we'll talk about next is there's not a lot else to do besides this. And so if you um, are the type of person or family who does just enjoy hanging out at the beach for the week, this could be a good choice for you because you're just going to be jaw-droppingly amazed as you sit and look out at this water the whole time. Um, and there is some snorkeling that you can do. Um, so that's a plus as well. But um, and there are some major resorts um, on Turks and Caicos, like Club Med and Sandals, um, the Ritz Carlton. And so you could just go to one of these and you could just enjoy the um, amenities that they have, the pools, the beaches, um, the different things they have to do at the resort. And and you will um, have some amazing pictures to bring back. And that I definitely do. I have some incredible pictures um, from that. Um, so in terms of beaches, though, on Providencialis, and that is where the main airport is, that that's where Southwest flies into, is the airport on Providencialis. You, Grand Turk is also a big island there, but it is far, farther away from Providencialis. If you wanted to get to Grand Turk, you'd have to fly um, from between the two islands um, to get there. So um, where we stayed on Providencialis was closer to the airport. It's called Thompson's Cove. Grace Bay is the main beach that you will hear about on this island. Um, and it's oftentimes ranked in the top 10 beaches around the world, you know, for its beauty. And it, it really is beautiful. Um, but uh, Grace Bay is where all the resorts are. It's kind of like seven mile beach on Grand Cayman, if you've been there. Um, it's just a lot of resorts and there are a lot of people. The beaches were not very wide, so it's just kind of packed with people. And this was in February even, um, so I can't imagine what it's like <clears throat> during busier 
time periods like spring break or over the holidays. Um, and the water, it's a deeper water. And so it's a, a more of a sapphire blue color um, around Grace Bay. There's also a lot of activity going out there. So there's parasailing and there's boat tours leaving from Grace Bay. Um, there's a lot of activity happening in the water there. And so <clears throat> we did not try to snorkel there, but I can't imagine the snorkeling would be very good because it's too much, too many things going on for fish and, you know, um, marine life to want to hang out there. So we walked over, we went to Grace Bay, Grace Bay to have a look. We ate over there. Um, but I wouldn't recommend it necessarily in terms of a beautiful, it's beautiful, but a quiet, peaceful beach. So where we, we stayed in a vacation rental, um, which was awesome. That was one of the highlights of our trip. And I'll put a link to it in the podcast show notes, but it was in an area, um, that was to, I'm not sure of my direction, but um, um, if you were looking at Grace Bay Beach and staring out at the ocean, it would be to the left of Grace Bay Beach called Thompson's Cove. Um, and this, the beach we had was really just awesome. Um, there was no one there. This area is homes and vacation rentals, I think. So um each time we went down to the beach, we maybe saw one other set of people each time. <clears throat> so it's completely peaceful. It's completely quiet. It has, um, it's shallower. So it has the really, you know, light, light blue waters. Um, it has great snorkeling over there. Um, the best snorkeling I've ever experienced is in Grand Cayman. So nothing in any way compares to that in my book. Um, we've snorkeled in Hawaii. We've snorkeled in the Dominican. We've snorkeled here. Um, this would probably be maybe second best. Um, you can see sea turtles around here, which was what I loved the most about Hawaii was um, there wasn't a whole lot else to see. We didn't think other than the whales singing underwater, which was great. And then swimming with the sea turtles was awesome. So you, um, we did see a sea turtle off Thompson's Cove beach. Um, and uh, there's an, they have reef balls. So those are man-made balls they put under the water offshore to um, help develop a reef system there. So you can swim over and among those. And that was pretty cool. And then again, if you're standing in Thompson's Cove, looking out of the water to the left of the reef balls was a reef, like a natural reef area. And that it took us a minute to find that, but that I thought was the best um, snorkeling in the area. And so we did, that's where we saw the sea turtles. We did see some interesting fish over there. And then I had read um, other people frequently see a nurse shark that hangs out over there. You do that. We did see a couple of stingrays in the area. Um, we didn't see them when we were out there swimming, but we could see them from the beach swimming around. So there are some interesting things to see. So I really would recommend that beach and you can take a long walk down that beach. And there's a restaurant called Deconk Shack, um, about a 15 minute walk from where we were. That's just a great walk. And that was my favorite place we ate because the views were just awesome. You were just sitting out, sitting outside on the beach, looking at beautiful waters, you know, um, eating local food and, 
um, you know, mango smoothies and um, a lot of conch is the big thing to eat there. So they make it in all kinds of different ways. So that would be my recommendation. Our vacation rental was literally a two minute walk from the beach. It wasn't right on the beach, but you could see the beach. Um, it had a big turret, they call it lighthouse cottage. Um, and so if you went up on the turret, for sure, you could see um, the water everywhere. And it was a great, great vacation rental. It had a little plunge pool. It had um, kind of three, I guess, two separate buildings. One had kind of the master bedroom and it had an outdoor shower. And then the other building had a, the seating family room area. Um, but and then at the top, which was you could, the two didn't connect was another bedroom with a, um, I think it was a queen size bed, um, up there. And so that worked great. There was, uh, my son and my husband and I, and so my son was able to stay upstairs in his own little area, which he really liked. And then we were able to stay in the master bedroom area. Um, so the, and then the vacation rental, um, had, a, on the backside, it connected to, um, like an intercoastal waterway area. Um, and so you, they had kayaks that you could use and stand up paddle boards. And so we went kayaking down the, um, the little river area one day and it connects to the ocean too. If you want to take your kayaks out there, um, it's pretty calm. At least it was calm when we were there. Um, we did see people kayaking. So, so it was great. Highly recommend the vacation rental, um, <clears throat> and that particular beach. There is, um, in terms of snorkeling, the uh, Bite Reef, B-I-G-H-T, and Smith's Reef are the two popular areas for snorkeling. Um, and Turks and Caicos actually has the third largest barrier reef in the world, um, which is off of Providencialis um, between it and some of the other islands, but you have to access that by boat. And we'll talk more about boat tours as a negative um, here in a minute. So we didn't get over to that. Um, and we did try to find Smith's Reef, and we could not find that, even with reading directions that people had written about how to swim out and find it. Apparently, it's um, pretty far out, and I'm not very comfortable going too far out when snorkeling. <clears throat> I want to know that I can get back quickly if something were to happen or if I see a shark or something crazy. <laughs> so, um <clears throat> So that's that's the snorkeling situation. Um, and that's kind of an overview of the beach. So to me, that was the primary thing to do there was just to enjoy the beauty and the beach. So let's talk about some of the negatives. Um, there isn't a lot to do there, in my opinion. So if you're an active family or an active person um, and you really like to be doing more than just sitting and hanging out at the beach, um, not a lot of options here. It really ends at at the beach and snorkeling. And, and if you had a boat, I think that might be the ideal scenario to really see the area by boat. Um, and I, in my upcoming um, webinar on Turks and Caicos, I am going to share one more thing I would have done if we had had one more day there. Um, and if I had planned a little further ahead. So I think this could be a fun option 
if you're able to plan in advance. Um, they do have all kinds of different boat tours that you can take. And there's a whole bunch of islands, you know, as part of this island system. Um, there's one called Iguana Island, which has, you guessed it, a bunch of different iguanas. Um, and there's some other ones that are supposed to be pretty. There's Middle Caicos and Upper Caicos, I think, that you can access. Um, but when we looked at the boat tours, that was something I did want to do. We found they were either too expensive, like it, your one side was to rent a private yacht, you know, at the cost of several thousand dollars um, for a couple hours to a day, or it seemed like on the other end was a party boat. And we didn't want to get on a party boat, um, and nor did we want to spend several thousand dollars to rent our own private yacht for the day. We couldn't find a middle ground option um, that in any way. So I did the Ritz Carlton there did have a boat that you could get on. Um, <clears throat> and that looked like the best option, still a little pricey. Um, but they were booked out by the time that I looked. So um, not a lot of great options for boat tours. And it seems like that would be the way to see this area for sure. Um, to get out and see the barrier reef, to go to some of the other islands and to really just see the beauty from the water. <clears throat> and then beyond that, there were some ATV tours I found, but those are mostly just, again, riding along the beach, looking at the beach um, or inland. And this is a very small island. So you literally, when you're driving down the middle, you can see the coast on either side, but the middle part that's not in the, you know, on the beach is very arid and desert-like. So there's not much to see in the middle. Um, we did see some people, and I did share video on Instagram of um, people horseback riding down the beach in the water. But again, there was really was nothing to that either. They were just on a horse, briefly walking down the same beach we were walking on, and the horse waded into the water briefly. It was pretty to look at, um, but I don't think that's something that would be appealing to me. I've ridden horses, and I enjoy doing that, but I want to be like going somewhere in the mountains for a distance, you know, not just wading in the water. So um, that's my thoughts on things to do. Um, I'm sure some of the resorts might have, you know, some other things that you can do around there, um, which might be helpful. Maybe they have some of their own boats that, that you can go out on. Um, transportation is another negative here. Um, there's your options are basically to rent a car um, or to hail a cab. And everything that I read talks about the cabs. Um, you have to be very careful that you're not getting ripped off by the cabs because they want to charge you more because you were a tourist and they, um, you might agree on a price before you get going. And then when you arrive, they say, oh, that was per person. So I just didn't, we didn't want to get anywhere having to deal with that at all. There's really no local transportation, buses, anything like that, that um, are easy to navigate. So we opted to rent a car, which I think is probably your best option, but you need to know they drive on the left side of the road. Um, and there are a lot of roundabouts. So driving on the left side of the road is already confusing. And then to try to do a roundabout, <laughs> the left side of the road is really confusing because the roundabout goes the opposite way that we're used to. 
Um, so thank goodness my husband is a good driver and he did this in Grand Cayman and he did fine. And so he was able to do this just fine, but there's no way I would have, my brain could have wrapped itself around this. There are no um, stoplights on the whole island. So it's just really is a constant bunch of roundabouts, some of which don't even look like roundabouts. So you have to be careful about that as well, that there might be someone turning around and coming right into you and you don't even realize it's a roundabout. So if you decide to rent a car, make sure that you have someone who is comfortable driving on the left side of the road. Um, so that's really, again, your best option for getting around. And um, if you're not comfortable driving, that creates a bit of a conundrum for you. If you stayed in the Grace Bay area, you probably could just walk to where you needed to go. You would have to have some kind of transportation to and from the airport because that would be too far to walk. But um, I think you could probably just hang out. There's restaurants and things in that area. You could just hang out there uh, most of the time. Um, crime is another issue that I was really surprised about that I didn't really read about until, I don't know, four to six weeks ahead of going. And so um, if you look on TripAdvisor, um, or some sites like that, you will see there's a whole crime thread about Turks and Caicos. Um, a common thing is for um, vacation rentals to be broken into, um, not necessarily to harm the people, but when the people are out or when they're sleeping to take their items. And so I was, um, it had happened multiple times in kind of the beach right next to ours, Turtle Cove, which is a very high end area. We drove through that um, very, very high end. As, but that seems to be a problem. And so I worked with our vacation rental owner. She was, um, he and she, they were a couple, were an Airbnb super host and they were fantastic. So she uh, answered all my questions I had about this. Um, they hadn't had any break-ins over there in Thompson's Cove and they did have security cameras set up outside. Cameras in vacation rentals is a problem now. Um, I've read many articles about that, but so they need to disclose to you that there are cameras on the property, which they did, and they can't be in any interior area. So A, you have to know they're there and um, B, they have to be in like outdoor public areas. And so I liked that they had these. Um, and so that, that I just felt like reduced the chances of somebody breaking in, knowing that there would be they would be recorded on a security camera and you could see them. They were very visible. Um, and then they had a way you could lock each building. Um, so, and a safe. So I think if you're going here, you want to make sure there's a safe that you can leave your things in, that everything is lockable. Ideally there's security cameras in the area. And um, uh, this neighborhood that we were in also had a security person kind of at least making their presence known on a golf cart. Um, you would see them driving around throughout the day. So I think all of those things might be important to find if you're going to book a vacation rental. And I do think a vacation rental is the best way to do Turks and Caicos, aside from the safety issue, because the resorts are just outrageously expensive on Turks and Caicos. Um, and I don't think worth the price that they're charging. They're charging you for the pretty beach, <laughs> you know, um, is the main thing. And you can get that in a vacation rental and not spend the gobs of money. That's always what kept us from going was because the resorts were so expensive and there was no way I wanted to pay that. So um, the upside of staying in a resort is you would feel secure. They would, of course, have their own security and everything would be monitored. And I think you'd be much less likely to have, you know, any break-ins over there. Um, and you would have 
amenities and things to do. But um, the vacation rental was so much more affordable. It was lovely. We had so much space over there. Um, again, our own little pool and our own little lighthouse turret, which was so neat and kayaks and the whole thing. Um, so much more affordable. So if you can find one that meets all these criteria, um, I think you're in good hands. And this one is a great one. So again, I'll be sure to, to link to it. So you have it. And they had multiple vacation rentals on the property, not just this one in case, you know, this one is booked when you're looking. Um, also, when it came to crime, they um, apparently it's very common to have the car rentals broken into and the windows broken. And if that happens, then you're responsible for that damage. So you want to make sure that when you're renting a car that you understand what the insurance is. Um, we really like the Chase app by our preferred card because it gives you primary car rental insurance if you charge it to that card. And so if something happens, then it does not go to your own car insurance first and thus increase your rates. So that's a great card um, to use for car rental insurance. Um, Chase Sapphire Reserve also has that. So make sure you're protected um, with insurance and that you you understand what your protections are here. And when I was reading, um, when we got there and I was reading some of the Turks and Caicos magazines that they had inside the vacation rental, which were the Tourism Bureau magazines, they literally tell you in those when you're renting a car to leave your car unlocked and to leave the windows down because, and this, I, you know, it seems like if you have to say this, this is not great um, because that will deter the criminals from breaking your windows and breaking into your car because they can just open the car door and they can have a look around and see that there's nothing to take. So obviously you wouldn't want to leave anything valuable in the car. Um, and so even on our, we tried to follow that um, when we were out and about, but even the last day when we had to check out of the vacation rental and our flight wasn't until later in the day, we did have our luggage with us. And so that was a bit of a concern about where could we go and feel comfortable that it wouldn't be broken into. And so we just looked for very public areas, again, that might have an obvious security camera. And there are some um, areas that are too, if you're again, looking out at Grace Bay Beach at the ocean to the right of Grace Bay Beach, um, if you keep going that way, that if you were gonna stay at a resort like Club Med was that direction, um, I would recommend staying further to the right of Grace Bay because it was quieter down there. It was very, very nice. It wasn't so packed with people and tourists and everything, um, but you were still on Grace Bay and you still had access to all of that stuff. But anyway, there was some down there where with the restaurants like had their own parking lots um, that were kind of away from all of the action. So we, we felt comfortable um, stopping and having lunch there and not having to worry about it. Um, they're also apparently, you know, the government of Turks and Caicos, you know, doesn't publish the crime that happens there. And so it's kind of a word of mouth type of thing. So if you read some of these crime lists, like on TripAdvisor, you know, there are shootings that happen. Um, there are gangs. There have been tourists that have gotten caught up in this just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Robberies are probably the most common thing there um, to worry about, but just there is crime. Um, and so you just want to go into it knowing that. Um, and then another thing that I found unnerving was um, we've been to, you know, Hawaii and Grand Cayman and other Caribbean islands where you have um, roosters and chickens everywhere. Um, Hawaii or Kauai especially had that issue. Um, well, here, not so much chickens as 
stray dogs. Um, and I'm an, a, a big animal lover. And so I hate to see a stray anything that already is sad, but when you have stray dogs that are pack animals and that, you know, have had very little human contact, um, they're literally are wandering everywhere around this Island. They're in the middle of the road. You have to be sure at night that you're not, they're not in the middle of the road and that you might accidentally hit one. Um, and they're on the beach and many of them have been adopted. And so like our vacation rental, um, owner had just the sweetest dog ever that, um, would come visit you on the property and was really old and he loved to go to the beach. And so that was super fun. And I think he was an adopted stray and we did run into some like at different restaurants where the, they owned, they had clearly adopted a stray dog and were friendly. Um, but it's a little bit unnerving to think that you might run into a stray dog somewhere. And again, in the tourism magazine, it tells you what to do. If you, a dog approaches you in an unfriendly manner it tells you what to do if a dog bites you. And I just feel like if the tourism magazine has to tell you what to do if a dog bites you, mm, <laughs> is that really where you want to be going, you know? So um, just know that that that's totally surprised me. I had not read that anywhere. And, you know, so that was, we just saw that when we got there and then read it in the magazine. And there were definitely were dogs everywhere. Um Turks and Caicos is extremely expensive. So you heard me talk about the resorts are extremely expensive. Um, the boat tours were extremely expensive and food is incredibly expensive. So this might be a case where you might want to bring a bag of your own food. If you're going to check bags with Southwest and you can check two bags free, fill up your bags with um, some food that you can eat it well, but then you may not be, this is a foreign country. So you may not be able to take your food into a foreign country. So cancel that. But um, if you could, that would be a great thing to do because the groceries were four or five times the cost of things here. Um, so a gallon of milk there was more than $10. Um, I was looking at like a pack of three Kleenex like a boxes of Kleenex, but were $17. There was a huge bag of M&Ms for 30 some dollars. So, um, and a lot of people have, when I've told that story, I've commented and said, well, maybe they were, you were at a tourist grocery and they were just charging you more. And we did go to a, a grocery in a more touristy area. But the first one we went to was like the main grocery store on the Island, which I had done research on and not big at all and had these prices and they had very limited selection of what we're used to as Americans, which is fine. We're in a different country and they, um, you know, have their foods and their products that they're used to and they like, um, but we couldn't find, you know, very much comparable to what, what we're used to, even when it came to chips or cereal. <laughs> so, um, but we did later on find a grocery store by Grace Bay. And that would be the one I would recommend going to the one main one we went to is an IGA would not recommend going to that one. There's one over in the Grace Bay area. That's much better. It has more American type of foods. It was the same pricing as the other one, but the selection at least was better. So, um, don't think you're going to get there and just buy groceries and save money because you're not, um, the grocery bill was just insane. It's probably was cheaper than eating at restaurants, but um, I don't know by how much. Restaurants also extremely expensive. So two or three times the cost of an entree that you would expect in the US. Um, this is more expensive than uh, I think Miami, Hawaii, and Disney are the three most expensive um, places I've been. 
Telluride was pretty expensive when we went there last summer, but um, this just beats all of those. So be prepared to have a food budget. And we found, we went to recommended restaurants that, you know, the vacation rental owner recommended or other people had recommended to us. None of them were great. Average at best. There was not a single thing that we were like, oh, this is amazing. We, let's go back here again. Um, so you're paying a lot for very average food. Um, we also found, unfortunately, that it was just not a very welcoming country. Um, so other places we've been in the Caribbean are so friendly and smile and they're happy that you're there and they want to make sure you know where to go and not the case here. I could count maybe two people who even smiled at us. <laughs> One person, very friendly. Another person smiled and wasn't unfriendly and the rest didn't seem like they wanted us to be there. So I would, they probably are not big fans of Americans for whatever reason. I don't know why, uh, or tourists in general. Um, so that was an odd one because usually in the Caribbean, you have some of the most, you know, friendly, uh, joyful, laid back people. And the last thing I wanted to point out was just that the airport itself also not a good experience, um, particularly if you're going somewhere like Sandals or Club Med or the Ritz-Carlton and you're expecting a very luxury experience, the airport experience beforehand is going to be the polar opposite. So I really think one of those resorts needs to help pay for a better airport. Um, when we arrived in the country, we had to wait for an hour and a half to go through customs in, in Turks and Caicos, which was longer than our flight there. Um, and it did look like there was a, some sort of a pass that you can purchase. Um, so you might want to look into that if you're going there, that would expedite things, but your, uh, global entry doesn't work going into another country. Um, so, and then, uh, when we were flying out of Turks and Caicos back to the U S there was at least an hour or more long line um, in security to go through the security. And it was complete and utter chaos, total chaos trying to, to put your bag in. And, you know, um, and then it's just basically one big room in the airport that's filled from wall to wall with people trying to get on flights on different airlines. There was no way you could ever line up for a flight. It was ridiculous how, you know, trying to line up for Southwest, they basically had to be like, okay, a 15 through 20, a 21 through 25, because there was no space to line up. You couldn't hardly hear when your flight was being called. So that was not a good experience either. And particularly, you know, post COVID, um, if you don't want to be around a ton of people in close proximity, this was the polar opposite of that. Like you were just right on top of people. It's very hot, um, not a great experience in the airport. Whereas like um, when we went to the Dominican and we flew into Punta Cana, that airport was awesome. Like it was open air. It was brand new. It was um, lots of space, um, breezes blowing through. The people were wonderful, you know? Just where are you trying to go? You know, are you looking for a cab? Are you looking for hotel shuttles? And they wanted to, you know, direct you and help you. It was just a completely different experience. So, so that is my, what I have to say on Turks and Caicos. Um, it is really, really beautiful, um, but there are a lot of downsides to it. So I 
really, really love Grand Cayman of all the places that we have been. Um, that would be, and I haven't been everywhere in the Caribbean, so there might be some other jewels out there that I haven't experienced. But so far, um, I, if I were going to the Caribbean and I wanted to see the pretty blue waters and I wanted to snorkel and I wanted to do some other things, I would pick Grand Cayman. <clears throat> um, it is uh, much more affordable, so much more to do, so many more places to snorkel there. It's um, you know, you may or may not be looking for this, but it's much more Americanized. So restaurants and things are familiar. They don't seem as foreign. You you will find some chains that we have in the U.S. Um, if you don't want an Americanized experience, that might not be the best place to go because it doesn't feel very different than the U.S. Um, but and there's it's beautiful, just as beautiful. Well, maybe not as beautiful, but it, you still get the beautiful blue Caribbean uh, waters. So that would be my pick. So I hope that helps you if you're considering Turks and Caicos, get the a real look at the situation. Um, again, I will be sharing my um, webinar video with more detail, with pictures, <clears throat> with maps to kind of help you get oriented. I'll share some of the restaurants where we did eat um, and some more how we um, exactly how many points we used to book and how we did all of that in that Families Fly Free webinar, which will be available. Um, at the first week of April and there forward, once you join, you would have access to that replay along with all of our replays of all of our other destination videos and so many other great webinars on how to save on travel, how to organize your travels, how to plan your trip. So many great things in there. All right. So thanks for joining me um, for this episode and I will see you next week. If you're ready to fly your family free forever, I invite you to join my family's Fly Free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the US, Caribbean, and Europe so you can make those priceless family travel memories before your kids or even your grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. Plus, it's risk-free. You either get your investment in the membership back in free travel or I give you your money back. You can get more information at familiesflyfree.com slash join.